Mindfulness Mode, Episode 34. I'm always recapping into myself and saying, are you in a good mental state right now? Is your body configured in a way where you're actually driving high performance? Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for the reviews on iTunes. Thank you to Flam4. Flam said, really enjoy the sound of this podcast. Great job on the interviews, and it's very soothing and inspiring to listen to while working on things. Hey, Mindful Tribe, now we can exchange mindfulness thoughts and ideas. Join the Mindfulness Mode Facebook group called Mindfulness Mode Group. Hope to see you there. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Benjamin Tyler on the line today. Hey, Benjamin, are you in mindfulness mode? (laughs) Bruce, I'm here in the present. Perfect. Benjamin Tyler is an engineer by day working in the field of water treatment and specifically disaster management recovery. Benjamin is a podcaster and coach by night. Benjamin shares stories and details about interesting guests in his podcast called An Evolving Lifestyle. Benjamin works with select clients and helps them create lifestyles where they thrive in three main areas, professionally, personally, and in their relationships. Hey, Benjamin, tell us a little more about yourself. Expand on the details for Mindful Tribe. Yeah, as you're saying... By day, I'm a civil engineer that I primarily now work in disaster management in Nassau County, New York, helping rebuild after Hurricane Sandy, which is an incredibly rewarding job. And by night, I get to do my passion, which is self-improvement and helping people build thriving lifestyles. And I'm really excited. I recently launched an evolving lifestyle, and it has been extremely uh, rewarding and exciting and just sharing the stories with my story and other people's stories with the world is has been a blast, man. Wow, that is exciting. And Benjamin, you know, I'm really excited to learn about how you're improving yourself and, and working on your own mindset and so on. When did you start getting involved in the practice of mindfulness? I started working on my mindfulness about two and a half years ago. And if we can rewind a little bit prior to that, I grew up trying to build a lifestyle that other people would envy. I was a perfectionist and I was always, I was always trying to overachieve and I was extremely competitive with the people around me. And I was always looking into the future and chasing, chasing this dream. And I think a lot of, especially in our societies now, it's not, it's no longer this American dream. It's the world dream of fast cars, suits, uh, I live in New York City, so it's the penthouse apartment, and I was just chasing and always, always chasing and trying to achieve more, never just being in the present and being gratified about where I was, and it led me into, I was a heavy drinker, and I was arrogant, and it just wasn't working for me anymore, and I was just failing, and lo- I was actually starting to fail where I couldn't blame anyone else, and I just came to a point where I had to ask a tough question of what was making me unhappy in my life. And you know that you know that feeling you get when you have to have that hard conversation with someone, like your gut clenches up and you, you're anxious and nauseated at the same time? Well, oh, yeah, I know that feeling. 
and I had that, I was having that feeling for a couple of weeks and I was sitting down and that conversation had to be with me. And I was just saying, I had finally came to a point where I had to say, Ben, you are getting away of yourself being happy and you're the, you're the problem that you're not a happy person. And that was the, really the changing point in my life when I asked that tough question to myself, where I just started saying, asking my, why am I feeling this way? Wow. So you can narrow this down to a specific moment in time. When was it like two, three years ago or something? Yep. It was, it was two and a half, three years ago. And I was just sitting on my porch. And when I was at the present time, I was living in New Orleans and I was just sitting there just feeling awful. And it was just that, just popped that question popped in my head is what's causing this. And I answered it and I said it out loud and it, it was like a release. I would released all of this tension that I held for years. And, um, ever since that, I've been very, very focused on, on really where I am in the present. Right. So right away, you just kind of knew you wanted to change your mindset and become more mindful. Is that right? Tell us about the the first few weeks of becoming more mindful and how you were inspired. Yeah. I mean, the first few weeks was, I mean, it was like a hallelujah feeling. Like I finally tapped into this thing for years. I just never, like I said, I was chasing and I was just always trying Every time I accomplished something new, I felt emptier and emptier, and I just didn't understand why. And when I finally realized that I was getting in the way, it just, it just, it was like a hallelujah. This everything started flooding in, and I was really tapping into my emotions and just being like, what is causing you to feel this way? And it was, I guess the best way to describe it is it was just self discovery. Right. I, was, so- I finally, I was finally able to communicate with myself and, really figure out who Benjamin was. I started being able to understand more of what I truly wanted in life and what I, I was able to start creating more self-love and being able to, I was be able to more vulnerable and open up. It was just like, it was like I finally was able to meet who I was as a person as opposed to this other person that I created for so many years. Right. So I'm really interested in this, Benjamin. You said that you had been into alcohol fairly heavily, and so obviously you felt a need to change your emotions. So did that change? Did you did you kind of decrease your use of alcohol at that point? Yes, yes. I mean, I was I used alcohol and drugs as a numbing mechanism since I was 16 and a lot of that came from I lived in a household that had a lot of tension and a lot of fighting and I was the youngest child and it kind of closed me up and that was kind of my the way I helped healed myself at the time was just numbing myself and I was abusing it I would I would say I was an alcoholic by the time when I came to this revelation that I was affecting why I wasn't achieving happiness and fulfillment in my life and it was, I don't, I mean, I still today drink, I don't do drugs, uh, but it's now, it, it's not a medicine anymore. And it took a while to tame that because it was really, a, it was like a, it was a fire. And for a long time, drinking wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to go have a drink. It was, I'm going to drink to get drunk to basically numb myself. And I've probably, I would have to say I have been able to control my drinking, curb it uh, for about two years now. And I don't drink a lot, but every once in a while I'll have a glass of wine or two and uh, I don't need any more anymore. I don't need it. 
to drink anymore because I guess I'm, well, I don't guess I'm more, I'm just comfortable in my skin. I don't need to know myself anymore. I love, I love being emotional now. I love laughing. I love crying. I love just being in the moment and just living. I think that's how we thrive as people is just being in the moment and just soaking in what's happening around us in our environment and just spewing out what we're feeling and thinking. Absolutely. And I can really feel your passion for life as you talk about it. Now, tell us how mindfulness looked when you first when you first got into it in this first year or so. Did you meditate or did you just think a lot about the present moment? Tell us that. So I am not actually a meditator. I I just I'm too much of an I'm too much of a sports car engine. I just always have to run and keep going and I'm not good at keeping still, but for mindfulness, for me, when I first started, I really got into neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and that was really how I started learning how my, my mind worked and my subconscious worked, and I really became a student, and I started learning how my body affects my mind and how my mind affects my body and how breathing can put my subconscious in a certain state. And I was just, I was a student. It was like, I was like learning psychology all over again. And I was just reading a bunch of books on NLP and looking at anything I could do on the internet and working on visualization. And that was just, it just became a passion because I loved it so much because of all the things that I was discovering in my own life. It was, it was like an obsession, but in a healthy way. <laughs> Were you a student of a certain person online or how did you how did you learn NLP? Uh I I just I wasn't a student of any specific person. Uh I just kind of Tony Robbins got into NLP, so I used to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Uh YouTube videos of anything I could get my hands on, just reading any book on NLP I could get my hands on. It wasn't it wasn't really any, um, no one really in specific. It was just more, more of the overarching topic. And for me, it's not as much about researching and studying other people. I very quickly applied it to my own life. I'm an engineer. I like to see how things work and how they maneuver and how I love to test things out. So I take these strategies and I would start using them in my own life and seeing how they worked and then how to tweak it so that it would be more effective for my own personality, because we're all different in our own way. And then starting to share my discoveries with other people that were coming to me with their problems and tweaking it for them and helping them and their guidance. And it just became this, uh, you know, we live in a world that's a big laboratory and we just test things out. And it's, it's a bunch of uh, tests and failures and successes and I just living in the world. Right. We really do. I want you to take us to work with you. I want you to take us to your job in disaster management recovery. And you said it can be very stressful. Take us right into one of those stressful moments and tell us how you are going to use mindfulness to deal with that. Okay. Uh, I'll take you right after Hurricane Sandy hit. And at this point, you've got probably you've got five to ten government agencies in Nassau County helping out the community. And you have I work in infrastructure, so we're working at a wastewater treatment plant that got decimated, oh. flooded. We're, we've got this 
we've got this plant running on band-aids. And in this moment, it's stressful. You're working all night. It's you're working 48 straight hours. Your body's broken down. Your mm. mental, your mental capacity is very limited, but you just you're living off of pizza, which isn't very good for keeping the engine going, no. and coffee. And there's a lot of fighting. Everyone's tense, everyone's yelling at each other. And a lot of what I do, and I got this from my mentor, is is you have to be the mediator and you have to you have to be the person with the level head and mindfulness at that moment when you're not even level, it's a lot of breathing and it's a lot of stepping out of you and just seeing almost as a third person, what's going on around you and trying to figure out what is the end goal that everyone's trying to get here and how do you get everyone to finally get on the same page? Cause a lot of times when we're fighting, even as a team, it's a lot of, we want the same thing. We're just not communicating it the right way. Right. And it, it's made me being able to be that mediator has made me very successful in my job. And it's made, and my met, who I've learned from, he's very successful in his job because it's learning those skills of how can you be the person in times of high tension that can really just get people as a team again. Right. And I'm sure this experience has really helped you in the coaching that you do. Yes, it does. It it helps me step out and look at at what the person is doing. As like I said, I was an engineer. For me, in the beginning, when I was starting to coach, I was instantly just trying to fix things for people. Okay. It's like, oh man, I'm you know, I'm I'm struggling with this. I'm like, okay, try this. And it it doesn't quite work that way. People need to come to their own solutions at times. And uh-huh. you have to do that by asking questions and you have to kind of guide them into and start getting into their world uh, to really start understanding how they operate and kind of drive them and push them to finding their own solutions. Right. So Benjamin, have you ever had challenges with mindfulness? Have you ever felt like, man, this is just really tough. I'm, I'm just having a, a really hard time staying mindful. I'm going to be completely honest here. I have problems with mindfulness every single day, Bruce. Is that right? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm a, I'm a person, like I, I come from a, being a perfectionist, mm-hmm. uh, highly competitive, and like I said before, I have a fast engine. I'm always moving. And I, I probably, no, I don't, I don't probably, I do. Every hour I'm always retapping into myself and saying, are you in a good mental state right now? Is your body configured in a way where you're actually driving high performance? And I just kind of come back to the present and ask myself these questions so that I can move forward and work more effectively, be a better, uh, be a better, I'm with my family right now, just being a better brother to my sister mm-hmm. and being a better colleague when I'm dealing with them. And when I'm in stress, am I actually serving the problem or am I just serving my own ego? And I've, I'm hardwired. Personally, my brain is hardwired. I have a really big ego and it's a lot of me and I need to constantly bring myself back to the present. And it's not just about me. It's about the world that I'm living in the environment, the people around me, and serving other people as well. 
Wow, and what a what a learning experience to hear you talk about this. So, mindful tribe, I hope you're really, really tuned into Benjamin here as he tells us that every single day he has challenges with mindfulness, and yet. He believes in it. He keeps on doing it. He keeps on improving himself. Man, this is just awesome talking with you, Benjamin, about this so that we can learn in the same way, right, directly from you. Yeah, as I say, life is, uh, it's not about what you accomplish in the day. It's the fact that you try to make yourself a better person in that day. Oh, yeah, for sure. I want to talk about discipline, Benjamin. Uh a lot of our a lot of our members here in mindful tribe you know they tell me that discipline is just the big thing that's so tricky is is staying disciplined with mindfulness and really doing what you've just described about every hour asking yourself that question do you have any mm-hmm. comments to add on the topic of discipline life is in my my personal feeling is is we live in a life where in a world where people want to accomplish goals and they want to, they want to create these things. They want to become more mindful and have this, this clarity that they're more clarity when they're living in this world and they just want it. And it's not about achieving the goal. It's about creating the habit and to get committed is really just starting five minutes a day working on it Mm -hmm. and just doing it every day for five minutes. We all have five minutes. We all have, maybe if you don't think you have five minutes, start with two minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you start with two minutes or five minutes in a month, half a year, nine months, whatever it takes, sooner or later, it's just there. And it's not a commitment anymore. It's a desire to have. It's, a, it's, it's kind of, it's like food. You need it. And you, you just have to understand it's developing the habit. It's not accomplishing the goal. Like you were saying before, like I was saying, and you were saying, I'm not there yet, but every day I retap into myself to try to become more mindful. Absolutely. I mean, we all struggle with it and it's just making it a part of your life and just start, start with two minutes, start with five minutes, just start small. You don't yeah. have to, be, you don't have to climb Mount Everest the first day. No, for sure. Well, thanks for being so honest and heartfelt about your feelings about mindfulness. Really appreciate it. Benjamin, I've worked in bullying prevention for some time, and Mm -hmm. I've seen how mindfulness can really make a positive difference in in that area. Do you have a story about bullying of any kind that may or may not even involve mindfulness? Yeah, I mean, I personally, I wasn't really bullied in my life. Um, I came from a family that really pushed each other and it was always it was always trying to become better. It wasn't necessarily what you did. And I think in many ways for me that was bullying because I never had this I never lived in this environment where I ever felt like it was good enough. And wow. a lot of bullying a lot of bullying is that it's just you just don't feel good enough and I Part of the, my process, my two in, or my two to three years of a development here is just realizing that I have self-worth and that I don't have to be perfect and that I am making changes. And for somebody, I guess if you feel like you're being bullied by other people or you just you just don't feel like you're adequate enough, just you have value. Everybody has value. And the best thing you can do is find your own value and also find the value in other people. I've created more self-worth in my life by bringing other people up 
to a higher level. So how do and, I find my own value? Let's say I'm a listener and I'm like feeling really down. I'm feeling really discouraged. I'm, I, I'm just, I don't know what to do. How do I feel? How do I gain my own value? How do I get that? Man, it's, you have to, I, to find your own value. I think you have to find what in life has meaning to you. What is it that you really what is your purpose? And from there, a lot of the time you can find what you're passionate about. And what you're passionate about is where your value is. That is, you don't, it's not necessarily where you have talents and skills. It's what in what gets you up in the morning and gets you excited. Cause that's where your value is, because that's what you should be doing. And that's the driving force to make your life bigger and better. I just love getting up and watching TV and laying on the couch. I'm being the, I'm being the devil's advocate here. So, I, you know, there's not really a lot of no, stuff I've, that really I've gets felt- me going, but I love watching TV like all day. So what would you say next? I actually had a client that was that way. Yeah. And I said, well, what do you, what do you watch? He's like, I watch ESPN. I love sports. Okay. Do you love sports? What's your, what, what's your favorite sport? And he's like, I just, I love football. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why don't you go out and coach football? Why don't you go and do coach peewee football? And he went out and he was an assistant coach and he loved it. And that was his value right there. It doesn't, we don't have to save the world. We just have to find something that we're passionate about and go out and do it. Man, he He loves it. He absolutely loves it. And I love this story. That is just great because that's that's where I was hoping we could go with this because you know what? That is the tough thing, Mindful Tribe, is sometimes finding what your passion really is. And you just you, it's maybe right there in front of your face and you just can't discover it. But that's an awesome story. Benjamin, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I mean, there's a lot of people. The person that comes to my mind immediately is, is I've done a lot of community service in developing countries. And there was a guy in a community when I used to work in Haiti. His name was Gabby, and he was the community leader there. And he lived in America for a while, and this guy lived in the present. And a lot of those cultures do. It's It's about today, and it's not about building something by the end of the day, it's about being in the day and building and becoming bigger and becoming stronger. And I looked, I look back at him a lot for my inspiration because he's made a lot of sacrifices and he's the happiest guy I know. And he lives off of basically nothing. Wow. I love that story. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Benjamin? For me, mindfulness has, it's really been the stress. I work in a very stressful job. Uh, I've created in my life a lot of internal stresses upon myself and internal demands. And mindfulness has released that. I'm not, even in the worst day now, I just don't have that kind of stress anymore because I understand that each and every day I'm growing stronger and that I can only do so much. And it's just, I've basically... I haven't eliminated my stress in my life, but I've really minimized it. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Actually, breathing is something I've actually really just started doing. I'm a I'm a chest breather, and I've really just started probably in the last two weeks 
kind of working on my breathing. I noticed I've been doing yoga for two years and I've realized what the breathing's done there in my mindset. And but I'm trying to bring it into my daily life more. And mm-hmm. I even <laughs> I went to the dentist last week and got my teeth drilled. And I was sitting there and they're drilling away. And I noticed how tense I was up in my chest, mm-hmm. as anybody would be when you got a drill going on in your mouth. Yep. And I just and I, <laughs> and I just started breathing with my stomach and I just was able to kind of get out of the moment. And um it's one of those are one of those things that right now, Bruce, that I'm just I'm trying to add in my life. Super. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be? For me, like I said, really what got me into the mindfulness uh, world and applying in my life was NLP. And I think a very good book is uh, an introduction to NLP. And it's, I believe it's by Joseph O'Connor. And NLP, there's a lot of stuff in it that I don't even use. And I think it gets a little too woo-woo-y. But you start really understanding how your mind works and how you can improve uh, your viewpoint of the world. For sure. Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? Yes. I don't like technology. So my app is pen and paper. (laughs) Write down what's going on. (laughs) I love it. Write down what – yes, yes. Write down what is going on in your head. We spend too much time – in our own minds and at some point we need to get that out and put it on pen and paper run through your thoughts and put it on paper or just talk to yourself out loud uh if you feel like you're going to be some look like some crazy person just do it in your house but you have to let out your emotions and your feelings so that you can hear them or read them because you can never really you have to get out of your mind yeah, I really love that. For a person who carries around a notebook and a pen all the time, I'm always jotting things Me down. Me too, man. I, I totally, <laughs> totally get that. What advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Strongest thing that ever helped me in my life, and I, I started getting into mindfulness without even knowing what it really was, was asking myself, why? Why am I feeling this way? Why? Why am I carrying this tension right now? Because it's only eight o'clock in the morning and nothing's really happened. I just woke up and it's just starting to ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting this way? And really honestly thinking about it and answering those questions, even when you don't want to know the answer. Benjamin, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today, and I'm certainly inspired by what you're doing in your life. You're helping so many people. You know, by day you're helping people, by night you're coaching and you're podcasting. Man, you are really dedicating your life to helping other people. Benjamin, how can we learn more about what you do or how can we connect with you? The best way to get to know more about an evolving lifestyle, what I'm doing and my story is listening to my podcast, An Evolving Lifestyle. Uh, you can go to anevolvinglifestyle.com for my website. If you just want, if you need somebody to talk to, you don't know who to go to, you can set up a call with me. That's anevolvinglifestyle.com slash call. And I'm always welcome to uh, hearing what you have to talk about and helping you kind of bring some clarity in your life. And Bruce, thank you for having me. I I really had a blast doing this. I love talking about these kind of things. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You take care, Benjamin. I will. Thanks, man. Yeah, bye now. 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.